Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast. We are live. It is 9.30 on the West Coast. That means it's early. But as you can tell by the excitement in my voice, I'm up. And good reason to be up and excited. Because we had a hell of a fight last night What I consider fight of the year <clears throat> And we're here to talk about that Outsiders Box Podcast 9.30 on the West Coast 11.30 Central 12.30 on the East Coast We're about to get into this And recap the night that was At Staples Center here in Los Angeles Errol Spence Versus Sean Showtime Porter Is what we're here to discuss one hell of an event. It looks like the people came out to support. The boxing world is a buzz. Feels like the boxing world has been rejuvenated. There's a new energy. I don't know if you feel it, but I do. And there's also a great deal of shade being thrown around. There's some shade out there. Now, you'd ask, why would there be Shade in the world When we just came off A great fight If you're a boxing fan That is finding a way to complain About anything after last night You're just a hater As good as it gets It's as high level Guys putting it all out there And if you find yourself up This Sunday morning Complaining about something Not liking something You're just a hater man and there is some shade about that we'll talk about also. But before we get into it all, I'd like to bring the family on. Uh, myself, weather update, man, sparkling. God probably has his lawn chair out on his deck right now over here in Southern Cali. God's vacation in spot. This morning is off to a fantastic start. Heavenly, some may even say. But let me take it to my man down there in Houston, Texas, where we don't ever know what's truly going on with the weather. Anything can happen. They may have an earthquake, may have a typhoon, monsoon, a blizzard, snow, anything can happen there. 
Let's go on down to the red state that is Houston, Texas. Willa, what's up? Oh, man, nothing much, man, coming off a great, great pay-per-view, man. Um, I like you. I, I'm, um, I'm not in Houston right now. I'm out here in Abilene, Texas, out here in the country. But luckily, you know, I was going to turn on the, the VIP box. It wasn't working. So, uh, you know, I panicked, thought I wasn't going to be able to catch the fight. Um, but luckily, they had the, not the AMC, but they had some kind of century theater out here. Was able to go to the theater. It was me and one other Mexican guy way in the corner, you know, enjoying the fight. The fight's on full, you know, full scrub movie screen. Uh, paid the, what was it, $17 to get in. You know, um, had a great time. I think that was a 17 well spent, man. Uh, great action. Uh, four great fights, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say great fights, but four excellent fights that we were able to catch. Um, man, it was a good night of boxing, man. I'm out here, like I said, I'm out here in the country. It's hot as hell out here. Uh, but, you know, I'm just chilling in the room. I'm in the room. Week. Yeah. Take my ass back, ass back to the house, but. But man, yeah, it was a good night of buy the boxing, man. And I I'm glad we were able to start it. But, you know, you know, you know, it's the nine AM start. I was gonna press the laugh button at that time, but you know, I decided to let it slide, but as you can see, RC still sleep. Our man R C man. R C you know, <clears throat> a little younger than we are, still hot in the draws, man. You know, as as us older folks say, R C a little hot in the draws. Can't sit down. You know, but uh, his time's coming. He's he's crossed that 30 mark from what I understand. So those gears will start to turn a little slower as we go through these next few years for old RC. But myself, I did catch the fight at a theater also. Uh, at a theater, you wouldn't think they had to fight at. Now, the, the, King, the theater is on King and Crenshaw. You know, you don't even have to be from Los Angeles to – you know, those names sound familiar to you. You know, right on uh, Crenshaw and Martin Luther King Boulevard. And um, that particular movie theater, you know, definitely you would say is in the hood. And you wouldn't think, uh, I, I just wouldn't think that they'd have the fight there. But they did have a fight. Shout out to my boy Santiago and Fern. Uh, got your boy a ticket. We went up there. I uh, was in there for hours, man. Probably got there 5 o'clock. Shit. In there for hours, but coming out blowing, coming out doing our thingy thing, going back in. A um, lot of brothers in there. Now, this is a predominantly black, well, you know, I'd say about a 60, 70% black neighborhood. And um, yeah, man, this theater had, it was, I'd say it was about, uh, about 60, 70 people in there, something like that. So yeah, a lot of support out there, a lot of love in the building. And that that also made me feel like the the thresholds we had for this fight. I, I believe most people were saying somewhere between 250 to 300 to 350 at top. I'm looking higher end on this. I'm looking 300 up. I don't think we see a two in this. <clears throat> so I think this could go between three and four just from the buzz, just from the, the crowd that looked to be there in Staples, everybody that – I heard talk about how the event was there in the at Staples. That it was a fantastic turnout. A lot of people there, packed house. So um, very optimistic about the business that this fight did. 
And uh, we just got to, you know, tip the hat and acknowledge some of the bias in the sport when it comes to support. We'll talk about that a little later. But, uh, Willow, we got any more family with us, bro? Uh, no, I don't think uh, Janelle's on right now and RC ain't on. We do got a caller, uh, 843, but we'll get to them when we uh, start breaking it on. I don't believe that's uh, Janelle or anybody. Very well, very well. Well, let's get right into it. Let's start from the bottom up. First up was Mario Barrios, a guy that I've been watching for a while now, watched come along slowly and has been looking spectacular every time I've seen him out. And it was the same in this fight through all rounds. Achmedov, um, the first name slips me, but the guy's name is Achmedov, seven victories, six KOs, um, a guy that has an Olympic pedigree. Now, when you see the seven victories, you're going to say one of two things. You're going to see, wow, why is this guy only fought seven fights? He's probably green or unpolished. He's not ready. Or there's a new thing in boxing where they're on that Lomachenko plan. That means by the time you get to 15 fights, you've you fought the best. And Akhmedov is on that Lomachenko plan. Uh, Akhmedov, a uh, high pedigree um, Olympic fighter. And coming in at, with only seven fights, Mario Barrios started off really well, uh, looking just amazing, man. Able to throw any punch he wanted to, when he wanted to, quick on the trigger, long, knows how to stay tall, the jab's amazing. Through four rounds, through five rounds, all of these things, I was like, man, Mario Barrios is going to be a god of the sport. You know, I've seen, I've seen Trinidad, I've seen Hagler, you know, just the, all these longer guys that have got, got pop at the end of the punch. And then suddenly it all started slowly spiraling away to the point where it was completely out of Barrios' hands, and I thought that, I was going to see Mario Barrios be stopped at some point in that fight. Um, Akhmedov was able to turn up the pressure, able to, you know, just wear him down like very Sean Porter-like. You could even say that Akhmedov, like Sean Porter, was probably lacking punch power, but definitely not, not lacking ferocity. Definitely not lacking aggression, um, movement, you know, able to get around his opponent, get in, get out, do what he, do whatever he wanted to do, and just wore Mario Barrios down. Mario Barrios did get a knockdown in the 11th or 12th, which saved the day. But if you ask me, that was a razor-thin fight. We've seen some wider scorecards. That, 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 that fight was a unanimous. And uh, one thing we know for certain is Mario Barrios still has some work to do before we put him in with some of the uh, top-end fighters. Willa, did you see the Mario Barrios fall? Oh, yes, most definitely, man. Um, that's where I started my night. I got to see a little bit of the John Molina, um, what, uh, what's his name, fight, but I didn't get to check it out. But my night started with the Barrios fight, and I went in there looking like you, looking forward to seeing Barrios fight, man, seeing exactly what uh, what he had, and he looked great. He, I had that same feeling like, God damn, this guy is the truth. He's looking good, young guy. He's got Virgil Hunter over there whispering them sweet nothings in his ear. He's looking good, smooth. 
um, you know, this new age Mexican style where, you know, it's a little mix of the Mexican style, but, you know, you got a little brother in you. You got, you, you know, you got the quick t- twitch. You got some power. He's been knocking boys out. And then, you know, he knocked him, knocked my man down in the, uh, in the fourth. And I thought this, I thought, I, you know, I thought this was over. I was like, all right, here goes some quick, easy work. But sure enough, like you said, this guy, uh, Abnadol, um, was putting that pressure on him and hitting him with crisp punches. Like, um, you know, you compared him to Sean Porter, but he, it was a Sean Porter style, but he was more precise with his punches. He wasn't just winging. You know, he was winging punches, but his punches were seemed to be on point pretty much every time he threw. And I was thinking, man, this guy, this guy Barrios doesn't have any defense. And it got, it got real scary for a second there. Um, and I thought he was going to go down. But it didn't look like, you know, like you said, it didn't look like he had a lot of power behind his punches, uh, Almadov, and it, and I didn't see Barrios get tired. Or, you know, it just looked like he was just getting frustrated and getting hit and didn't really know what to do. You saw him switching to southpaw every now and then, and uh, Virgil Hunter was, you know, telling him, what the hell are you doing? You can't, you know, don't be doing that. You need to stick with the plan. Stay calm in there. You know, he was telling them to just move around, don't move around as much, but, you know, he couldn't get this little guy off of him. Um, what's his name? Akhmedov was on his ass the whole time, and it was an excellent fight, man. I think I had it – I had Barrios winning like five uh, five rounds, two of them with the knockdown, so I was thinking that, that might have been a draw. You know, we had some crazy – some crazy – uh lopsided scores by the judges so you can see the fix was in you know they were talking about this was for i guess this was for the wba regular championship uh because we know regis progress is the 140 uh super champion so this was for that uh you know that that baby belt i don't know if he deserved it man i thought it could i i think i had it as a draw like i said i had him winning five rounds uh two with two knockdowns um so I mean, but it was a hell of a fight, man. It was a great way to start my night, you know, even though uh, – what was the fight before that John Molina versus uh, the guy that fought uh, Keith Thurman? Jose Cito. Um, yeah, Jose Cito Lopez. Yeah, that was a – you know, that was a good fight. Uh, but, you know, it was a good way to start the night, man. Barrios, he, he, he has skills. We see he has power, but he doesn't have any defense. He's a young dude. Um, so he has a lot of time to grow. Um, you know, these uh, Russian Asian guys are coming over here with seven wins. I think my man was 28 years old, but he looks like he he can be the real deal. Also at at uh, 140, he'll be a force to be reckoned with. So I, I, hey, it was a good fight, man. Um, I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't as lopsided as a couple of judges had it, but I think um, you know I had it a draw. Barrios could have probably shouldn't have won that one at at the at best it was a draw man so but it was a good fight yeah yeah and uh, I expect we'll see both these guys down the road uh, you know Barrios has the has the fundamental base that is there he he has it all man I mean Oscar De La Hoya Alexis Arguello I mean any of these guys who are just tall, stay tall. I, I, I love, I love what he has. And now these type of fights, 
you're good on the way up. This is a good fight for him. You know, still able to be under the radar. And I believe the the, the scorecards were way wider than should have been. But he's able to get out of here. That knockdown saved D-Day. It wasn't that the punch was thrown very hard. The punch was just right on the chin and just knocked him off, knocked the guy off balance for just a split second. And uh, saved the day for Barrios. But, uh, Willa, do we have the caller online still? Yeah, yeah, and I'm tripping. I, I think this is D, man. Uh, so, yeah, let's take it to D. And we got another caller, uh, 707. I think that uh, that might be uh, – that might be Juan Carlos, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, man. So let's uh let's take it to D first. See how if D watched that Barrios fight. Well, good. What's good, man? Uh, nah, man. Cause when I got in, uh, when I got in, man, that Porter fight was about to come on, so I missed all those uh other fights. I heard there were some pretty good fights, though. And let's, let's quickly talk about that uh, Jose Cito John Molina fight. I mean, is it, it became. I did see the highlights, though. I mean, Jose Cito Lopez is going to go on to have a, a good fight versus somebody pretty good. Like, they even mentioned Sean Porter. What's next for Porter? Some people mentioned Jose Cito Lopez. Jose Cito Lopez, since his comeback versus Keith Thurman, and now John Molina has looked. Damn good, man. And it's going to be a hard out for somebody. Like, whoever is going to have be next, get to their next spot because he's going to be that guy. He's like the new Adrian Granados. Like, you know, the him and Adrian Granados are at that, part, at that spot where they're like, you got to beat me to get to the champion. Jose Cito Lopez has now filled that spot, and it's going to be a hard out for somebody, as you see when he fought Keith Thurman, and uh, just really – kind of beat up, unexpectedly beat up John Molina. John Molina, you know, had a few moments in the fight, but, you know, at this point is a shot fighter. Joe Goosen kept talking about on the telecast how when he had John Molina, he had John Molina being a come-forward fighter, sitting on the front foot, and being a stalker, and he felt that Molina was best at that. These days, what you see out of Molina is a guy that tries to be on the back foot and is some sort of boxer. So you'll see that happen. You've seen that happen with Robert Guerrero. Robert Guerrero, like he says, was a boxer initially. Then he became a stalker. Now you see Robert Guerrero saying he's going back to being a boxer. That's what he was initially. That's what he's best at. So I don't know. Sometimes these guys get mixed up and don't know what the fuck they're supposed to be doing. But Jose Cito Lopez is going to go on to fight somebody for a – to be positioned to fight a champion somewhere. So good outing for Jose Cito Lopez. Uh, you want to check with Juan Carlos, see if he checked that out? Yeah, let's, I think this is Juan Carlos. Let's see Let's see if it is. Hey, what's going on, man? What's the deal, man? What up, Juan? Nah, I just checking in, man, because the time always changes. I never know what time it's on. And I guess I caught y'all like mid-show, right? You guys already went through the main event, the co-main event, or the second main event, and all that, right? You guys talking about the undercard? No, no, we just, no, we just started, man. RC promised us the 9 a.m. show, and then, uh, but we didn't start till uh, till 9:30. So, uh, yeah, we're just starting. So this is the, we're just talking about the Barrios fight. We're just uh, going from uh, from bottom to top. 
the Barrios fight, well, that was the that was the like halfway robbery, right? That was one where where Akhmedov yeah. pretty much won, and then they gave it to Barrios. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I had uh, to draw. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. It the PBC fights fights pretty much came out like as expected though, because it's a PBC card, and you know how PBC always goes for their fighters, and they always got a plan, and they're always trying to do something. So they got a bunch of tune-up fights and a bunch of robberies or halfway robberies. But uh, yeah, I didn't pay much attention. I was like doing, I was doing something else while the a lot of the undercards were going on because it was. Uh, you don't like Mario Barrios? You don't like Mario Barrios? Uh, it's all right. I haven't even checked him out that much, but because uh, I haven't really been uh, paying attention to him that very much. He's all right. I like his style and everything, but uh, I don't think he should have won that fight last night. Yeah, Mario Barrios to me is going to be. Right there in the mix with everybody coming on up. There's a lot of good young Mexican fighters coming up. Uh, David Benavidez being one of those guys, and Virgil Ortiz, and the list goes on and on. But I think Mario Barrios, even though last night was a hell of a tough fight, he's still a damn good fighter, man. And um, this could just be something good to have happen to him. So I, I like Mario Barrios. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that's the. Theme of the night, uh, harder fights than people expected, and then <laughs> that, that that happened on some of them, especially with the main event, and then also with the other ones, they went exactly like we thought they were gonna go. So, not much surprise there. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so, did you get to catch the Jose Cito Lopez John Molina? You, you care about that one at all? I caught a little bit of it. I, I didn't really pay attention because I was in and out. I was doing some other shit. But, yeah, that one was uh, – he dropped him, what, twice in the first round? So that was, uh, Yeah, I believe now. so. Yeah. Uh, I think he dropped yeah. him early. Yeah. Yeah. Round one, so I believe dropped him. Sure, yeah. Yeah, round one. So that went pretty quick. And then John Molina, I don't know where he goes from here because – I don't know what much is left for him, you know. But Jose, though, he, yeah. he looks like he's coming back pretty good. So, he does. You know. And he gave uh, yeah. Showdown Heyman some love. Showdown, I thought he was about to praise God. He was like, and I want to kind of give a shout-out, you know, to the guy that changes everybody's life, Al Heyman. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought he was about to praise God. That fool said Al Heyman. But um, let's second card up, David the Giant Benavidez, Anthony the Dog Perel, uh, Darrell. Um, tension going into it. You know, you've seen the young buck versus the older head. And like I said, what was going to happen here? You know, what you do with a young man, just a young buck, let me let me see how, how tough he is. Do we, do we got his man strength yet? And I think Anthony Durrell came out there and tried to do that. <clears throat> Quickly learned that strength is there. Uh, Benavidez, man, just just way too big. I mean, he just seemed huge. And Anthony Durrell has been a pretty good-sized 168-pound fighter over the years. 
but just seemed to be a much smaller man and unable to hurt David Benavidez. David Benavidez was able to just come in, stalk him down. Um, of course, we had that horrific eye. That was one of the nastier eyes I've seen in a long time. Darrell wanted out. I mean, he wanted out so bad, but he never, he was, you know, he said, he said, no, I can fight, I can fight. That damn ref was like, no, nah, he good. Anthony was warning him to say, yeah, this is too bad, call the fight. Darrell knew, you know, even without the eyes, it was going to be, it was inevitable in my estimation what was going to be a brutal ending. Sooner or later, because Benavidez was winging those shots, and they were in, and Darrell was just pulling out with his head up, and they were just barely missing by inches. But Darrell kept pulling out with his head up. He never got caught. And Darrell was able to show a wrinkle in the game that I, I hadn't seen from him. You know, able to box and, you know, evade punches and stuff like that. In the first three, four rounds, a lot of people had Darrell up on the cards. But just the pressure. And I, uh, I think the mental pressure that Benavidez was applying to the to Darrell was was really discouraging for Darrell when he couldn't hurt him, and, and just the mental pressure. And that's not Anthony's game. Anthony's game isn't being fucking Mayweather all night. He's the guy that comes forward and wears you down. So now you're trying to be a different fighter. You're trying to box and uh, you know stick and move. That that's a mental game. You gotta you, you know you, you need to be mentally strong to do that. And I just didn't think that Darrell could do that for 12 rounds. And when that cut came. And it was it was a really bad cut, man. But you know that that ref was gonna let Darrell get the shit beat out of him. You have to see the commissioner get on the apron, and like I'm like, God damn! And the ref still wasn't wasn't waving it. You know, the ref was still like, Oh, okay, y'all want me to call it? All right. You know, like shit. So yeah, they weren't letting letting Anthony out of that motherfucker without getting the shit beat out of him last night. The doctor. On two to three occasions, it's like, nah, he good. Go on back out there, bro. You good. Um, <laughs> the, the ref was letting the shit get beat out of him and to the point where motherfuckers was running damn near in the ring to stop it. So, I just, you know, maybe we've seen the last of Anthony Darrell, or maybe he could come back and beat some kind of vacant, somebody for a vacant title again or whatever he does to get get back in, the, in contention. But nonetheless, David Benavidez, 22-year-old, two-time champion, looking huge at 168, just huge, man. I mean, this guy has a bright future. Um, You know, I haven't really seen a chink in the armor yet. I mean, last night he looked flat-footed as hell, but I don't know that he didn't have any respect for Darrell. He's just walking forward smiling. He looked hittable. Now, you know, we get him in there with somebody who could crack him on his level, I could see, you know, him having trouble because, you know, he showed no defense last night, you know, and Darrell was able to put hands on him, but he was just too big, too strong, and this is, you know, it was a man versus a boy in there, and the younger guy was the man. So David Benavidez, spectacular in a uh, a TKO victory uh, over Anthony Darrell, taking the WBA belt. Uh, Willa, what do you think about the fight? Oh man, yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, I think he got he got that that green strap, the green the the green strap. He got that WBC man, but uh, 
hey, that guy, like we said, that guy's a beast in there. You know, he looked, he he was huge, you know, and he was just walking Darrell down. Darrell looked, you know, Darrell did something, like you said, that we haven't really seen him. Usually he sits there um, and he and he's punching. He's a counter puncher, but he, he sort of stands in there. But he was doing a lot of boxing, doing a lot of body work, you know, making Benavidez think for a little bit. Um, but he got that jab. I think it was a jab, cut his eye open. And then from there on, you knew it was over. You know, I don't think Darrell wanted out of there. You know, I don't think he was mad that that it got called. In fact, I mean, he said he really wasn't mad, but I don't think he was looking for a way out. He's going to try to fight, He, um, but he knew that it was going to be over at any time, man. You know, he started getting pummeled at the end. I'm not sure. I think the eye probably, you know, sped up the pace of the beating. You know, it made it come a little earlier than it was, but we all saw it coming, man. Benavidez is a huge kid. He's in there dropping bombs. He's doing, he's doing body. He's going to the body, um, and you know he's just coming forward. But what I did see is he, like you said, he's he's stand, he's flat footed and he stands straight up and he's there to be hit. So you know I'm thinking like, at first I thought he would probably kill Caleb Plant, but uh, Plant is a boxer. He's also strong. He, I mean, he's not as big as Benavidez, but he might be a little. You know, if he cannot get cut he can move around that ring a little better than Anthony Durrell can. And Durrell, when he was moving, he was giving uh, Benavidez a lot of problems. Benavidez, you know, with him be- just being so big at the, what is that, a super middleweight, you know, he he might not have to work on a lot of things. But if he goes up and he starts fighting the bigger and, and badder dudes, he's going to have to, uh, he's going to have to change up a few things. His defense isn't there. He's standing straight up. And he, it seems like he had a, you know, his, he had a hard time with Anthony Durrell's movement, but with Durrell being what 34, you know, and, and being through, you know, being through a lot of wars, doing having a lot of punishment, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna be able to do that all 12 rounds. So I think he he was out of there in the ninth, a TKO stoppage. Like you said, that cut was huge. You know, the Fury cut was even bigger, so we know that one should have been stopped, but this one was another big ass cut. The ref was in there, you know, asking him if he could see. It wasn't – it didn't seem like it was as bloody uh, at the Fury cut. But, um, you know, Benavidez started working that, that eye, man. It's a, it's a difference, though. The Fury cut was on the eyebrow. This one was on the eyelid. Now, the, the Fury cut being on the brow, there's bone right there. This one being on the lid, that's why the, it looked totally different. It was like that shit was a layer from the eyeball. Like you can yeah. see that shit kind of moving in there, so the placement of the cut is is very uh, important. No, no, yeah, no doubt. You're right about that, man. But but I think Darrell, you know, he 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 stood in there, like he said, you know, he took pride that he didn't get knocked out and he didn't get stopped. So you knew that he was getting a beating in there when somebody says, you know, at least I didn't get stopped. <laughs> but yeah, Benavidez is is the real deal at 168. Um, I want to see him against Plan. I want to see him against the other guys. Who else has a belt? Maybe uh, I think Billy Joe. Does Billy Joe Saunders have one of those white belts? Uh, I think Billy Joe might have a belt. So I want to see him against these guys. I think he's too big for those guys. Then I want to see him move up and see what he's got. You know, at 22 years old, um, I'm, I'm, he's got a lot of growing to do. You could tell that he said he used to be a fat kid because he, you know, he he wears his pants real high to cover up his 
his uh his stomach because he isn't really that ripped up. But he's a big ass dude. He's throwing hard ass punches. I would just like to see him get a little more deep. Well, just get some defense. But you you probably don't need it when you're just towering over everybody and eating their shots, man. So hey, good job, man. It was another excellent fight. Uh, Darrell shouldn't be ashamed of himself. Um, he went out like a G, and uh, you know he just took that beating, man. Yeah, and Taylor Plant tweeted, this is the motherfucker that's supposed to beat me up. So, Plant, not that impressed by David Benavidez, but sky's the fucking limit, man. 22 years old. I mean, there's a lot of work to do. Hopefully, they still working with this kid and not just relying on his size and just his size at this point and no one being able to discourage him. They need to be working on them. Them feet got to get off the ground. You know, I don't know if this is him every day or is he just coming in here trying to prove a point and just disrespect Anthony Durrell. I hope it's the uh, the latter. But them feet are extremely flat. Uh, who else we got? D? Want to swing it to D for this one? Well, yeah, D said he didn't see it. Uh, I don't know if Juan Carlos saw it, but we also got a uh... – the boy Simon is on too to argue you down about uh some nonsense. Everything. <laughs> Sorry. Hey Juan Carlos, did you uh, catch Juan that Carlo. fight? Yeah. Oh, I watched I watched part of it, man. I told you I was like in and out, but Darrell didn't impress me. And I wasn't even that surprised with Darrell. Like the highlight for Darrell was when he um in the build up to the fight. That was like the the most uh significant thing Darrell did during this whole card when, uh, who was it? Uh, who was it? Douglas or whatever dude, whose mom is his trainer. When that video came out, when they were, uh, he was like talking shit to him in the hotel. That was about, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that. that. About it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, man. No, Darrell did. I think Darrell stung. I think Darrell stung, uh, uh, Benavidez a few times. I think it made, I think he had to respect him a, a few times. You know, he backed him up. You know, I think he did all right, man, for a guy that was in there way undersized and 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 bloodied up, because he was doing all right until until the blood came out. You know, I think he yeah. it was yeah, respectable. That, I think they said the cut was only uh, fifteen stitches. The placement of it was just bad, but it it wasn't uh it wasn't many stitches. I think it was some some around fifteen. It was a lot less, but it looked yeah. bad. But yeah, he he didn't really want to be in there and. I think it's funny with Benavidez because Benavidez is young, dude is real young, and trying to see where he's going is gonna be is gonna be pretty cool because he has, he has a lot of potential out there, and it just depends if he plays it smart because he got some mandatories coming up. So if he wants to unify, he wants to do a mandatory, or if he's gonna want to do a, a get some more rounds in. But dude seems like super confident, so I don't know. I don't know if it would be smarter for him to try to get some rounds in first, and then try to you know go after Plant or who's that guy, the Yinderlin or whatever that uh, he's supposed to be fighting against. Yeah, I think they said his uh, his mandatory was the guy that uh, Darrell just beat with the uh, with the eye cut, right? And then uh, the guy Caleb Smith and Plant, and then. Uh, the other Mexican guy with the black hat, other champions. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing. If he's going to jump into deep waters right away, 22, 23 years old, if, if that's Gilberto. what he wants to do, it seems like he has a confidence for it. 
So that's the thing. I don't think he really wants it with Gilberto, though. Cerdo, uh, because Cerdo's big as fuck, too. And they're long. And uh, Benavidez is part of that crew with, uh, like, what's his name? Fuck, I forgot his name. But, yeah, all the all the Mexican fighters coming up right now that don't look like they're in the greatest shape. So I guess that's the trend right now is Mexican fighters that don't look <laughs> like they're in the greatest shape out there fucking dudes up. Shit, I love them. And uh, sky's the limit. Let's, let's hear what Simon got to say about uh, Benavidez and Durrell. Uh, what's going on, y'all? Um, great night of fights, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, yeah, Benavidez, Durrell. Um, you know, it was it was going the way I thought it was gonna go. Um, I thought it was gonna be more like you know more of a technical fight. You know, um, I thought you know Benavidez was stalking, but he wasn't like he was throwing like mostly one shot at a time. Durrell would mostly shoot the jab to the body. And then maybe come upstairs a few times. Uh, a few times he, uh, you know, looks like he got his attention. Benavidez was, uh, you know, you, you could tell Benavidez's game plan was like, you know, let's just take him to the second half of the fight and all that. But then, and then try to maybe drown him. You know what I mean? But, but then the cut happened. And then when the cut happened, that just changed everything. And then they turned it up and everything. And, um, you know, they had to stop it because, you know, uh, you know, where the placement of the cut was and everything and all that. But, yeah, you know, you do you do sit there and wonder, like, uh, about the Fury situation. Like, there was obviously a lot of money on the line. So, uh, I think it was a combination of that and also Fury being the way Fury changed the way he fought once he got the cut, where he was, he was bringing the fight, he was making it rough. So, it was kind of like a lot of times when guys get cut, they kind of, you know, they start kind of moving around. They start kind of rubbing at the eye. They start kind of almost like trying to make a point that, oh, my eye, my eye. Theory kind of just dug down and just, just beat, tried to beat dude up, you know, break him down. So I think that was a little bit of the reason, plus the money on the line. So that's why Theory was able to fight. But, yeah, I just thought it was um, a fight that was going to start getting interesting, and then the cut happened. And then once the cut happened, it was just all Benavidez. But, you know, as far as Benavidez, I mean um, – at that weight class, obviously he's a big dude, strong dude, young dude, you know, but, uh, you know, I just, I mean, and I think he has a chance on a given night to beat everybody, but I also think on a given night he can be beat by the right guys because just of the mistakes he makes. I mean, you know, I don't see no head movement. He's flat-footed. He stands straight up. I mean, he's a, he's a very big target for the right guy. The right guy can set up his punches. You can land some shit on David Benavides. And then we'll see if he can take it. I mean, he has been dropped before. So, you know, we'll see. But, I def, you know, even, I think the him and Plant fight could go either way. I know a lot of people think Benavidez will run through Plant. I need to see it first. So, hopefully that fight is next. You know, that, that's a fight I'm, I'm very interested in. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Um, and Plant obviously didn't seem to be too impressed by the performance because he had a tweet and said, this is the guy that's supposed to beat me up. So not impressed. Young guy, huge target like Sign says. But let's move on to what we're all here for. The main event, Staples Center, they reported 20,000 in the building. I don't know if it was that, but – I'll tell you one thing, they weren't afraid to pan that camera to a wide lens 
and I seen the the seats filled in the upper decks. They weren't usually there to keep a tight lens on that ring. No, they were giving you panoramic view, and they were letting you know that we got a packed house here. And it looks like everybody showed up. Uh, One thing PBC did, it looks like they were able to cover the demographics. It looks like by the sound of the cheers, there was a great deal of David Benavidez fans in the building. And I think that, you know, those friends could kind of be intertwined with the Errol Spence fans and all that. These guys are probably in the same bucket to some degree. And a packed house, everybody out there, the stars were out, a lot of fighters out there. Um, Showtime, um, Sean Porter, man, Errol Spence. I think it was what most people, what most educated boxing fans thought it would be, right? Um, We were going to see Errol tested. Some people said Errol would knock him out. And I I had Errol in the 11th round TKO, and it was close. Because in the 11th round, um, by a perfectly placed, uh, like, I don't know what kind of left hook that was, but it was one of them tight, short, bot, low, low-cut left hooks. It wasn't even a, a overhead, overhand left hook. It was like one of them tight, short ones. Caught him right on the chin, and it hurt Sean. You know, it wasn't like necessarily a flash knockdown like the Adrian Broner knockdown where he just got up. You could see when the shot was in slow motion that it it took his wherewithal wherewithal away for a minute there. Um, but what can what can you say? Uh, I don't think anyone's stock dropped in this fight. Both fighters uh, go on to to have bigger, better things. I think Sean Porter will find himself fighting someone really tough again. But kudos to Sean Porter, man. I've been on my soapbox for the longest now saying Sean Porter right now to me has a Hall of Fame career just on his resume alone. And he's fought every freaking tough dude out there, (laughs) come up short a lot of the times, two two guys that are just better than him. But I I think the back with Keith Thurman, we'll get a different decision in that fight. Last night, I think we've seen the best Sean Porter that we've seen so far. I mean, his his level of ferocity, just impressive, man. When you think he should be discouraged, he's not. Errol Spence was landing sharp punches. He was catching Sean coming in lunging with shots that would drop a lot of people, man. Sean, you know, one thing we haven't seen him improve on greatly is him coming in open. Now, Sean, to me, has has improved over the past five years more than any fighter in the sport. Sean was just a rough tumble guy. Then we've seen Sean, and you, you've seen it last night, Kenny Porter always comes out and says, Sean Porter is by percentage one of the best jabbers in the game. There were times last night, even him being the smaller, shorter arm guy, he's a short arm guy, compact guy, right? The jab, he could use it from time to time. And at, at, at moments in the fight, his jab was winning the fight. And he always had the rough tumble game. So, you know, that's that's a rare mix. And that's one of the mixes to me that separated Andre Ward from most fighters where you can be the toughest and roughest and grittiest, but also have an elite level of boxing skill. That's a, a mix you do not see often. Like you either see a guy just be the the, the, the will and term determination destroyer, or he's the super finesse guy. You rather rarely see the guy that can 
be the dirtiest, toughest, and roughest and tumble, and then go and outbox you too, finesse-wise, on the back foot. So Sean Porter has improved greatly in that area. And uh, he was able to put both those things on display. But Sean Porter said, you know what, I'm not going to box with this guy. I'm able to determine early that I'm going to just have to make this a dogfight. And the beauty about Errol Spence. Errol Spence has accommodated both dudes in the last two fights. Last fight, Mikey Garcia, they said Mikey Garcia was a wizard of jabbing and timing, et cetera, et cetera, right? Errol just went and boxed his fucking ears off. This fight, it was, you know, Sean Porter famously known to rough you up, and Errol just welcomed it. And as soon as, uh, you know, it seemed to be a game plan, as soon as Sean turned it up, Errol gave him about four or five low blows, questionable low blows. And he was letting them know, like, you ready to go here? We're about to go, but no, I'm going with you. And he went with them all the way, all the way. Um, to me, it looked like Errol had a great time. Yeah, it was tough. But I, I don't feel like, you know, I, I left feeling like, God damn, Errol, man, how you going to get him out of there? Because I don't think anybody else can get to that level of roughness with Sean in there. Errol said, fuck it, no, nah, we just going to get in this phone booth and put our foreheads together, and we're going to hit each other in the body, and we'll do it, we're going to do it your way, all the way. We're going to do it all the way how you want to do it, and I'm going to beat you like that. I don't know that Errol had to fight that way. Some could argue that I'm taking the credit away from Sean saying this, but I believe, like Errol says, like he said in his last fight, that I'm going to beat the guy at his own game, and he did that. Um, hell of a fight. Now, the cards, there's a lot of, there's people out here who saying, a lot of people saying they have Sean winning. I believe this ain't nothing but PBC shade. Um, in, a, in the hearts of a lot of PBC haters, you know, they look at Errol Spence as one of the, one of the guys, and they look at him as a damn good fighter. And so they want him to lose. And to them, that's a part of PBC losing. But I think Errol, um, you know, these were them tight, close rounds, and it's, it's, if, if your heart's involved, you're going to see what you want to see out of these rounds. But you could have easily had it 116-111, which two of the judges had it, because the rounds were so close, it's just like almost sometimes a pick em. But to me, what was apparent in most rounds, that the sharper, cleaner punches were being landed by Errol Spence. The rounds that you give Sean Porter was when he definitely out-hustled Errol and landed cleaner shots. Uh, Sean uh, more than ever, to me, did land cleaner shots. That could be a lacking on Errol's behalf. But nonetheless, great fight. Uh, Errol Spence did what he needed to do, man. Spectacular fight for the welterweight division. For boxing, I feel like there's a new breath in boxing. I feel like we're all rejuvenated because that fight was just, you know, everybody left happy. I'm sure everybody at the Staples Center left out of there and went to do shit afterward. It was that type of fight. Get there with your lady, you had great sex afterward that night, you know? So uh, kudos to those men for putting on a, a show. Fight of the year for sure, um, unless something else comes up that's much better. But hell of an event, hell of a show by those two dudes, hell of a fight. Uh, I think the judges had it right. I don't know that Sean Porter should have took a card where – he he had it. Uh, what is it? One fifteen, one twelve for Porter. You'd have to explain how you seen those rounds to me. But Willa, how's you seeing, my man?
Oh man, I saw it as a great way to end the night. Uh, Sean Porter, you know, I had I, I had Sean Porter getting uh, probably knocked out in the tenth or eleventh. That's what I call. But it was, but you know, he surprised me, man. I didn't think he was going to be able to stand in there and take the shots that he did um, from Earl Spence. And I didn't think he was going to be able to back Earl Spence up like he did. Uh, I think he had him. He, I don't think he had Earl hurt at any time, but he sure did get his attention on a couple of uh, on a couple of shots, man. Um, I I underestimated Porter's athleticism and his quickness. You knew I knew he was fast, um, but that guy, he's you know he's really fast in there. He's got excellent foot foot movement, uh, good hand speed. I think he knew, knows exactly what he's doing at all times. And, and he wasn't the dirty one this time. You know, like he said, it was a lot of ball shots by Earl Spence early. And I think that might have took a little out of him. But the ref wasn't didn't care about it. I think uh, after the fact, Kenny Porter said that the ref said hey, that Porter's uh, pants were too high so he couldn't call it. You know, what did he want him to do? Man, but um, hell of a fight, man. I thought uh, Earl was getting tapped more than he ever has. That was the toughest fight. You know, if you look at the guy's faces afterwards, you know, it looked like Earl got the worst of it. But I think that was more because uh, Porter's head was down and he was just getting hit in the top of the head and and, and, and then the dome um, and in the back of the head more than he was getting punched in the face. Uh, but it was a good fight, man. I think um, I have – I don't know what – I didn't have a score – but I think I had it tied. I think I had it even going into the going into the eleventh, and I had um, Porter winning. I mean Spence winning the last two rounds. He just started dominating, and he, in fact, he started beating Porter up a little bit at the end of the fight. Uh, even though Porter didn't quit, even though Porter was still punching, you know Porter was getting hit. That tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, Porter started getting uh, you know he started getting worn down a little bit. And he started to take a little battery, but I'm not mad at, at the fight at all. Fight of the year con, uh, contestant for sure. Um, probably the best fight we've seen. Me and the one uh, Mexican guy at the top of the that were in the stadium. We you know we were making noise. I could hear him making noise. I'm screaming. You know when Earl uh, when Earl was hitting him in the balls. Like man, he's hitting him in the balls because he he was hitting him a couple of times. Um, you know, but that's what you got to do sometimes, you know, by any means necessary. Uh, Earl Spence, he, he deserved that win. I think he got it um, pretty pretty easy. Not easily, but, you know, I can see where, like you said, it was 116, 111. I can see where you could get that. Um, I don't know how anybody could say Porter won. I think Porter, his family feels he won. And uh, I think um, I think Sean might have said he thinks he won. But I don't see how you can get that. But uh, it was a hell of a fight. I want to see, you know, Danny Garcia got it. I guess we'll talk about what, what's next for these guys afterwards. But as far as the fight, excellent. Uh, like I said, paid that $17, well worth the money. Even if the, the, the first three fights were whack, that was well worth the little 17 that I paid. So it was a good good fight, man. And I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I want to see exactly what, both guys got left because like you said, none of these guys, nothing was lost on anybody. Nobody's stock dropped. In fact, everybody's stock. Well, I think Porter's stock might've went up and Earl Spence's stock might've stayed the same. I don't think this put him into the echelons of superstar that he wanted, but um, they had a packed house 
they they kept on saying sellout. And when you know you looked at it, when you looked at people's IGs, uh, and you looked at people, and uh, you looked at like you said the wide screen, the wide cam, it looked like it was packed in there, man. You know they had superstars everywhere. I think they had uh Bobby Brown was in there, uh, and um, Porter's locker room, and you know looked like they had everybody in there. So it looks like it was hype. I'm wanting to see exactly what kind of numbers they did, and um, I think it'll be a pretty pretty good look for both guys, man. So, yeah, great fight. Yeah, I think the numbers, man, just by the excitement, the buzz, how the building looked. Um, the I, I was on YouTube afterward and looking at all the boxing channels. They were just on fire with the media reaction shows. So I think the projections, most of us were saying somewhere between two to three some people had higher end estimations of 350. I'm thinking anywhere to three to four. I I don't think we see a two at all. And so this this thing will be success. Um, uh, we're gonna hear some good gate numbers. So, D, what you think about the fight, family? All right. Yo. Guess D. Oh, there we go. All right. All right, so, yeah, I did watch the big fight. Uh, If you know me, you know I'm a Spence dude. I think Spence lost that fight, man. Uh, Let's talk about the build-up to the fight, where Spence said, you a dirty fighter. Uh... Who's doing who's doing the dirty shit in the fight? That bothered me, man. I didn't like that, man. He hit uh, Porter with several low blows. I lost count. Who was getting backed up more? He was at work in Spence, man. I hope this has been an eye-opener for Spence. Uh, he said he was going to stop Porter. He didn't come close to doing that. He talking about moving up these higher weights. I don't want to see that. Shit, as bad as I hate Canelo, Canelo beat his ass, I think. Stop him. Um, I had it a close fight. I had, I had Porter beating him, edging it out, just because he outworked Spence. He was backing Spence up, man. I'm like, look at this shit. Um. Good fight. Definitely uh fight of the year. Probably already. That's fight of the year right there. Good ass fight, man. I'd like to you know. But uh Spence. I hope he got a little eye opener though last night. Uh it wasn't man down by no means. And uh props so Porter, man. You got I have Porter edge in that fight, man. Wow. And I'm a okay. Spence dude, well, man. Keith Everybody Thurman, know that. Hey, Keith Thurman had, I think Keith Thurman had uh, Porter winning the first five rounds. If I remember, he was like, I see him winning all the rounds. I think those around the fourth or the fifth round. So, I mean, some people, and people think Porter won. I don't know how. Well, Keith, Keith's bias. He wants the equity in his, in his victory over Porter to right. be worth more. Maybe so. you're biased, JP. Yeah. Maybe you're biased. Go ahead. Yeah. You well, go ahead. Biased, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. 
I'm Go just ahead, saying. Son. Some of the things you're saying, I mean, I'm hearing you talk about. You talk about a lot of shit that don't even matter. You talking about the business? Ahead, talk stuff. about. It. Do you work for? I'm, I'm. I'm saying. Do you? Is there something you might want to tell us, JP? My man. Is there something you might want to tell no, us? No. Are you on the payroll? No. You, like you what? Know the, yeah. the, no. Hey, sign. Like what? The word is that. Because you're talking about the sales, the panoramic. Yeah. Because the word is. Okay. 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 You're talking about the fight. The well, word is two black, two black fighters can't look, sell tickets. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a whole different subject. I mean, we... we no, we that's why you talk about Sometimes that. you go a little, you go a little too far, dog. I'll be hearing you say certain no, things. No, that no, no, no. Well, let me go too far then, because I'm about to go now. Now I'm about to go too far and address the elephant in the room. Oh, it's a bunch of racial bias in the sport that y'all don't want me to talk about. We want to act like it's all good, right? We want to act like Mayweather, the, the pay-per-view king, just because uh, Mexicans doing all the pay-per-view buys, right? No, if you want no. to talk about it, let's talk they, about they it. They love but, to talk but, about it. There's, there's a difference, though. There's a difference. Hold on. We're talking about shit finish. that is – Can I finish? Nah, you, okay. Can I finish? Yeah, you can finish. Yes. Hold on. So they always say how two black fighters can't make business, Right? That's, that's the understanding. This is where yeah, HBO went to Euros. We had a packed house with two black fighters last night. So talk about it. So what I'm okay, talking I about thought, that I, I'm yeah, not addressing okay. directly. Okay, okay talk I about you, it. Okay, if you want to talk about that, you can talk about that. That's cool. I'm, I'm good with that. We can, so what else and are I've you been, talking I've been about? Spoke about this. But I've been spoke about shit like that. But we can talk about – the thing is, there's times where you bring up shit. When we talk about let's make a fight. How can we make this fight happen? Let, you know, let's talk about fights getting made. You start talking about business shit. No, we don't care about that. That's the point I'm making. Now, if you want to talk about, oh, this was a great fight that was made, and it actually had a great uh, um, promotion and a great, you know, did a great job at the gate and all that, that's cool. And you want to bring up the fact that people say things like that, like uh, Abel Sanchez or something like that in the past. I got you on that. But sometimes when we're talking about big fights being made, you start bringing up business and this and that and all this other shit. Nobody want to hear about that. I start bringing up business. I start bringing up business. Okay, so you must – now you're talking Crawford then, right? I'm talking about any big fight. Hey, here we go. No, you're not. Hey, let's you're talk not about the fight first. Let's guy about the fight first before we go into the fight. Break it down, son. Break it down. How do you – we got Juan Carlos first, then we got Sam. We're gonna keep the keep the order, but Sam Sam is at at the Juan Carlos. All right, yeah. Hey, so I'm glad I'm glad I called in today because I've been I've been hearing the show a couple times, and I think you guys need a Latino voice in here when you guys talk a lot about Mexicans and race shit and all this. But we're gonna save that for afterwards, right? So no, nah, uh, so the build up to the fight, I liked it. I think they sold it pretty well. Uh, Spence out there doing big promos and then the shit talking, the little face to face thing they had, that was pretty dope. They were there was they were both good at shit talking. I think uh also in the press conference, uh Spence was pretty good. He was talking mad shit. I mean Porter was talking his shit too, but when he talked to him and he told him, uh, you fight like you're drowning, that shit was funny, man. He he, he was clowning. So that was pretty good. You know what I'm saying? So I think the buildup was good. And I think just skipping to the end real quick, like the post-fight reactions that were going around was, I think it was kind of surprising because people hit me up and were like, hey, who fought? Who did this? You know, they were asking me questions about it because maybe they weren't that uh, that in tune with it. But I think this fight created more buzz than it was expected. So they did a pretty good job on that front. 
and uh, creating that buzz afterwards because both these guys, I think a lot of uh, people that don't watch boxing that much, kind of like casual fans that just kind of jump in, haven't really heard about Spence because he's not a big name, you know, even though his skill set's there. And then Porter, much, you know, there was less. But So I think both these guys, you know, how you're talking about Porter being uh, not getting that much, I think this does put Porter out there because there's a lot of people who don't, uh, they don't uh, appreciate a lot of the skilled, bo- skilled fighters, skilled boxers and stuff. So when they see a guy like Porter who's just going forward, lots of volume and being rough, they like it. You know what I'm saying? So they like that type of fighter. So I think Porter got himself a good amount of fans in here. Uh, from this fight. So as far as the fight goes, it, it went pretty much how I thought it was going to go. I think the big surprise was that uh, the fitness the of Spence, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit more. It was, he was in better shape than I thought he was going to be. Cause I know he was talking about moving up and all this. So I thought that was going to be a problem because Porter always comes in shape and then he's always pressure fighter and they're throwing a lot of punches. So, that is one thing that really surprised me. But I think in the beginning rounds, uh, Porter was throwing a lot of punches, but he wasn't landing as many. And Spence was landing uh, a lot more significant punches. Porter had his moments and stuff, but I think the scorecards were pretty good because I, I don't know what the fuck happened to that guy who who had it for Spence or for Porter because that one judge had it and with a knockdown and it was still tight. I, I don't know, but I saw a lot of people like online and shit talking about uh Porter won the fight, Porter won the uh Porter won that it was a robbery, that it was this and that. And even with uh D, he even thought it. So we have it, it it's kind of controversial. What my prediction was before the fight that Spence was going to go in there, it was going to be a hard fight, but uh, Spence was going to beat him and then Porter was going to think that uh he won the fight and uh Spence was going to move up afterwards. But we'll talk about that afterwards. But, yeah, uh, overall, like right before I started watching the fight, I kind of started thinking about these two fighters more, and I remember. And I was like, fuck, man, I don't know. I guess in the buildup, people got caught up in some different shit, and they forgot Spence is really that good. And they forgot that Porter really isn't that good. He just has that style, that physical – he has the physical capabilities, and he has that – that awkward style that makes all his fights look way closer than they need to be because that he's a tough dude and he has a lot of pressure and the way he fights makes it not a, uh, like a stylistic fight where it's a lot of technical skills. So I think Spence did the right thing when he was being dirty with him because, uh, there are some low blows going on in there. And I think, uh, I think the refs did an excellent job this fight because there was a lot of bullshit going on and he was actually able to, have them. There wasn't as many breaks as, you know, as sometimes they should be. So he let them fight out, and he was, uh, he was telling a, a lot of the punches, there were low blows. Uh, he, he didn't really count them. There was no warning. The only thing he was, oh, there was some warning, but he was telling them about pushing each other's head down because Porter was coming in with his head down, and Porter was grabbing Spence's head, and that's where some of the low blows came from. So that was, that was, a great job by the referee just to let them fight and let them go. So overall, I think it was a great, you know what I'm saying? A great, uh, great fight. And it generated way more buzz than I thought it was going to generate. And then, uh, yeah, Spence, Spence, but we knew Spence was going to, is that good? You know what I'm saying? We knew Spence is that dude. And we knew Porter 
even though he's trying to find, you know, more skills. And that was surprising that there was instances where Porter was beating him to the jab and Porter was getting that jab off like he did uh, in his last fight. And it looked good, but it wasn't enough. It was not enough because Spence was, Spence was blocking a lot. And a lot of those punches, you know, they weren't landing solid. So it, it, it went like it was supposed to go. And that's pretty much, you know, how it goes. You know, it, it went how it was supposed to be. I don't think nobody who, who followed boxing for too long was too surprised how the ending was. And then the buzz was good. And I don't know what about these people that talk, keep on talking about Porter 1, Porter well, it 1. Didn't go like it was supposed to. Well, how do you think it was supposed to go? Well, no, Spence was supposed to knock knock him out, man. No, that's, that's all we was talking. Un- unlike, 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 unlike the Mikey fight, he said, I'm going to knock you out. And that's what I expected to see, and that was my pick. And uh, look, at the faces not- after, look at the faces after the fight. Dude, Spence got mm-hmm. fucked up in that fight. Yeah, he, he, he took some damage. I'm but proud of you. We uh, didn't expect him. actually not being a fanboy for once, man. You know, tell, tell like, it, it, it didn't go the way it was supposed it, to go. It didn't go the way it was supposed to go. But when you, you were a fanboy, you start making excuses, and then you start cares? lying to yourself and acting like a fight was this and that, but it wasn't. So keep it real. There was some close-ass rounds. Are, are we discrediting Spence because it didn't – Follow a narrative? Well, no. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, no, your narrative. Well, Spence didn't follow your narrative. Yeah. Listen, well, the narrative. You, guys guys yeah. to, you guys were saying he's supposed he, to knock him out. That didn't happen, so that's... The little man bad, backed right? him up. That was back okay. to me. Oh, that fucked my head up. That's all also night, a narrative. Actually, hey, look, let me explain. Let me, let me get in on this real quick. Hold on. Yes, he was backing mm-hmm. him up all night. Anytime before, uh, Spence started backing him up, uh, when, and then he would get close to the ropes, he would turn him and start mauling him, banging, banging, you know, banging to the body, banging to the head. You know, uh, his feet were slow, his hands were slow. This is, and this is the thing with Porter. Porter usually is fights that way, but he doesn't really actually land punches that are effective. The stuff that surprised me from last night was Porter was actually landing punches that were effective and doing damage. And you he saw was. it at the end of the night with his face. That was the surprising part because I've never been big on Porter. I picked him to lose to Ugas. I thought he lost to Ugas, you know, uh, and you can go on and on and on. The difference was in fights in the past, he's usually throwing a lot of punches, you know, basically the same style he fought last night except for those punches are usually not landing or if they're, they are landing, they don't have – much of an effect at all. What surprised me, he was actually landing punches to the body and head that were having an effect on Spence. And you can hey, say what I noticed, you and lie to yourself, but it did happen last night that way. What I noticed also, yeah, did y'all see that's how... exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. Sean Porter was landing more than ever. This was the best Sean Porter we've ever seen. To me, I don't know what the what you're arguing, my friend, but continue. Who's next? Nah, did y'all see how... What's up? Go ahead. Nah, I was going to say, did y'all see how quick he was quick to, um, like, dude, I think the only way Porter was going to win that fight is by a knockout. 
he was already, Spence was already celebrating. Dude, that shit looked kind of fishy to me. Uh, that by itself. I'm like, okay. He already got the cards, the result before they even announced that shit or something. Now, let uh, me ask you guys this question. Because I, I did hedge the conversation by saying Errol, like he did with Mikey, engaged his opponent at what that opponent does best. Is the reason we've seen Errol touch so much because Errol engaged Sean how how Sean wants to do it. Errol, did he throw caution to the wind and say, you know what, I'm, I'm, let's do it your way. Because Errol said he did that with Mikey, and he came out there and boxed his ears off. Errol said, I totally know, disagree. A... Okay. And then you know Go what? Ahead. Talk about it. I think, yeah, I think yep, if he exactly. really wanted to engage the way you, you say he would have, we all know one thing about boxing. We've seen it many times in the past. When a guy is either getting fucked up, or he doesn't like the way the fight's going, or the pace, or whatever, what does he start doing? Low blows. He started hitting with low blows because he did not like the pace of the fight. He, did, he was uncomfortable, so he needed to slow Porter down. So I totally disagree. I don't think – now, maybe he might have thought he wanted – he probably thought originally he wanted to fight that way, but then the pace of the fight and the overall athlete he, – he, dude, he out he, – he, Porter's a way – man, if you – if you saw the fight last night, Porter looked like the way superior athlete, you know, in the fight. And he thought he can go in there and do yeah, that. He Maybe I don't know if he looked like the superior boxer, though. He didn't look like the yeah. superior well, boxer. Well, what I'm talking about, that pace of fight, he was fighting. He probably thought, you know, going – because, you know, going in, I'm going to knock him out cold, showstopper and all that stuff. But then when he finally re- saw it face-to-face in the ring, I think he realized he didn't really want it. So – Either way, he either wanted to go in there thinking he wanted it, or he just went in there, had a game plan, but then Porter's game plan overwhelmed his game plan, so he needed to put a stop to it. And that's where I I thought the low blows came in. I think it was pretty funny the fact that – hold on, sorry. I think it's funny that – I think the version that we've seen uh, Spence fighting Mikey should have been the version that we've seen fight – Porter and it was reversed uh, I think you know what I'm saying I think he should have stuck to more boxing in this fight he would have more point. success that's my point B. So, so, that's what I'm so, saying yeah. did he engage him exactly how Sean wants it because he said y'all kept saying Mikey was going to box me to death so I came out and I showed y'all I could box and he also said going into this fight Y'all said Sean can do this, y'all can ruffle, he's this, he's that. I'm going to engage him how he is best at and, and beat him at his game. Now, he said but you know why? Now we, hey, but I disagree. I disagree because he also oh, said, I got, I'm gonna, he said, I'm more talented than you, I'm more skilled than you, and I know I got more dog than you. From what I saw last mm-hmm. night, Porter has more dog than Spence. So, uh, no. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't take it that. I'll hey, that's based on last night, dude. Hey, let's get to that. Yeah, so he night. hustled more than – I mean, you could say Porter yeah. was hustling harder, but, I mean, Errol was there for all the smoke. Y'all act like – y'all yeah, act like it was Errol waning down. Ah, well, He's the guy whatever. That the I don't know if he was there for all the smoke. He was backing up a lot, man. Errol was starting to beat him up 
through rounds 10, 11, and 12. It was going to be inevitable that Errol would have, if this was 15 rounds, Errol would have yes. hurt him bad. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't fuck he with was that. Wearing we, don't down. 15 rounds. we don't care about that shit. We, and I agree with you on that. That was his best rounds. 10, 11, and 12? Well, I 100% so, agree with you. Yeah, so, I agree so with you on how, that. How, how did you have more dogs? Dog? Exactly. But how do you have more dogs if you start? Why did you that long? But, but how do you have more dog if you start beating somebody up at the end of the fight? That's what dog means. That no, because, that you, because he landed <laughs> a good shot. Going. He landed a good shot. Because but Porter didn't stop coming. Porter didn't stop coming. That's why. And he didn't have. And then yeah. when he got hurt, hey, Porter didn't have to result to doing dirty tactics to slow him down. Your boy. He didn't. Spence, because we know that's your boy. He because why he didn't like the pace boy? early on. <laughs> he hit him with the low blows to slow him down. Jesus Christ. We all, we all, we all, we all like, said just that, like Tito did back in the day to Fernando, with Fernando Vargas. Like people we all agree with that. did against Zab Judas. You know? Yeah, we agree with that. Hey, let's, I, take I, it I to, let's get Janelle. Point. Let's get Janelle's take yeah, on the fight. Got he's, got uh, he's in. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? I just got in my car. I took time off of work so I can get on the show. Uh, well, to uh, – well, let me speak on what Simon just said about the low blows. I don't think those low blows were intentional. I mean, whenever there's a taller fighter who goes to the body against a smaller guy, as Porter is, I mean, I mean, they tend to punch low. I don't think they were intentional. I think he was literally trying to land some good body shots, but Porter was just low, and, and he was getting inside on the inside game. And, and, it's not easy. And, and Porter was bent over a lot, too. So I don't think they were really intentional, but I mean, and I can see what Simon's saying. Because some fighters did it a lot. Shit, look at the fuck Andrew Galata, Riddick Bow. <laughs> I mean, that's the prime example. <laughs> I still laugh every time I see that shit. I mean, accommodations low below. Fucking knock him out with fucking ball shots. But um, uh, to stick on the fight itself, um, I was definitely wrong. Uh, Porter is not past his prime. I I picked Spence by stoppage, not because Porter is a devastating punch at 147, but the fact that Oh, excuse me, not that Spence is, is that much of a devastating punch at 147. It's just that Porter was slowing down, which I thought he was slowing down from what we saw in the Ugas fight. And he's been in the ring with every power puncher at 147. He's been concussed by Thurman. And uh, he really turned it back. Because what I saw last night is what me and Simon spoke about since last year, I believe, that that a prime Porter would be a problem for Spence because he'll be able to turn him at will or a lot. And he, he turned Spence a lot in that fight. You know what I'm saying? What I thought, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I, we all know Spence comes in with that high guard, trying to be like Winky Wright in a way. And you could turn those guys. How Hopkins turned Winky Wright at times. And uh, I, I've always said that Porter, uh, uh, Prime Porter would be able to turn Spence and give him hell. You know what I mean? Even though uh, Porter lost to Brooke and Spence beat Brooke. But, but again, as we all know, styles make fights. And uh, But like I said, man, Porter took it back. He took it back. You know I'm I think that was probably the best performance of his career, honestly. You know I mean, even though in the losing effort, I still think it was the best performance of his career. I mean, uh, he really, you know, he really showed a lot. That he shows athleticism, his ability to turn guys, his output, his toughness, his will, and uh, it was a close fight. But um, I gave it to Spence in the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth round, and then of course knockdown. I think that's what actually sealed the victory for him. You know what I mean? But going into championship rounds, uh, um, I had it very even. It, it, it was actually even. 
But those championship rounds, uh, Spence really came on. But um, I think a lot of guys might be, even though guys will look their lips at Spence, but not everybody can fight the way Porter fought. You know, not everybody is used to fighting that doggish style, that roughhouse style. So don't look at that fight and say that, okay, uh, Spence is vulnerable for, uh, stay for like Danny Garcia, because Danny Garcia doesn't have the dog that Porter has. He doesn't have the athleticism either. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Danny Garcia is actually a stationary fighter. He relies on uh, timing guys, but he's never timed athletic guys well. He timed guys, you know I mean, or guys that don't have, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't think Danny Garcia would be that much of a problem for Spence. I think Spence would be able to beat him to the punch. He has faster hands. Um, I think he beats Danny Garcia actually a lot easier than he did Porter. But um, also, I have to say, whoever really. No one ever actually looks good against Porter. Brooks didn't look good beating him. I think Thurman looked the best at beating Porter, but even that Thurman didn't look too too spectacular because not everybody looks good against Porter. Man, his style I know who did. It's just like who? Ugas. Who? He pushed him around. He didn't. No, he no, Ugas didn't, didn't look good. Ugas didn't look good. Nobody looks good against Porter. No, man, nobody. Ugas did not look good. Neither guy Ugas. looked good in that fight. I thought Porter I didn't look good himself. He, no, no, no. Thurman looked the best against Porter. Even that wasn't really too well. Even that wasn't too damn good. Nobody looks good against Porter. Uh, Brooke won, yes, but Brooke was oh, no. a lot he of uh, holding. Errol Spence around with no problem. He pushed Thurman around with no problem. He pushed Danny Garcia when he wanted to with no problem. Ugas was in the middle of the ring. He was like, let's he go. He pushed Spence around the whole he night. He was like the whole night he pushed Spence around. He was At times, back, I seen Spence push him around. Fight, bro. He was controlling it, bro. He could, but he, but tell me when he pushed Ugas around. The entire fight. Tell me when he pushed Ugas around. The entire fight. Oh, come no, on. No, answer on, that man. question, come on, man. You, you can't answer because he didn't push him around. I think he was that, more amped up for Spence. He was more amped up for Spence. I think he was more amped up for him. But again, Ugas did not look good in that fight. I'm sorry. He did not look good in. in, in I don't know. I don't know anybody that would agree with you on that. Again, nobody looks good against Porter because of Porter's style. He won't. He's like how Hopkins was. You know, Hopkins for a very long time, even in losing victories, no one looked good against him. Uh, uh, Roy Jones didn't. Uh, Kawasaki didn't. A lot of guys who beat him yeah. just didn't look good. Uh, Hopkins wouldn't look good. Look, look, guys. I said for a portion. I, think, I, for I, a portion. I don't mean Kovalev. I meant for a portion of his career, for a large portion of his career. I think the fighters have agreed. The fighters say as much. Keith said as much. Nobody really looks good against it. We can waffle whether Ugas looked good or not. He didn't look great enough for anybody to say he looked good. So, yeah, we know that Sean, Sean's going to pose a tough fight for anyone. Juan Carlo, you want to jump back in here and give some thoughts on this, man, before we close this one up on uh, Errol and Sean? Yeah, like the one big question I had is um, – I don't know. Everybody here has been watching boxing for a while. So how many times are we going to believe what the fighter says that he's going to do in the ring before the fight starts? How many times that shit happens? That fighter's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. They don't fucking end well, up doing Spence that. Tried. They just say that to say that. Well, see, Smith tried he, to knock Porter out, but he couldn't. He tried to, but he couldn't. He, he, he gave his best yeah, He tried to knock Mikey out. He couldn't. <laughs> he, he tried to knock, knock, knock Mikey out. I think he tried to knock Mikey out. He tried to outbox so him. That, he showed he can outbox him. That's the thing. Against Porter, he, he uh, tried to knock Porter out. 
my big thing is like, hey, sucking these boxers every time they say, oh, I'm going to knock him out, I'm going to go for the knockout this time, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then the majority of the time, they end up doing something completely different. They just say that to get into the other, well, into their opponent's like, yeah, head and everything. Mind. I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, keep in mind, okay, that opponent is not, is not going to just lay there for you. So, you know what I'm saying? Some guys will yeah, try, yeah. But, but, but like uh, 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 last night, okay, Porter just wasn't there to get knocked out. He fought a very okay. spiritual. I think the best performance. Yeah. Then don't run your mouth. That's, bottom line, don't yeah. run your mouth. Let me raise this question. Yeah. That's boxing, that's boxing, question. man. That's human Look life, though. That's just a human life. That's just how oh, it is let in me life, raise... man. Let me Accountability, raise the stakes brother. of the question. Let me raise the stakes of the question. Juan Carlo, you answer this first. Is yes, there sir. any other welterweight in the division that could have beat Sean Porter fighting that style that Errol Spence fought him in last night? <sighs> that style? Uh, I don't know because Porter has a very unique style. You know what I'm saying? Uh, answer um, it. Is there is there another fighter who can well, go toe to toe, sit in the phone uh, I'll, put, I'll put one. I'll put one dude that that still hasn't been mentioned in this uh in this what's it called so, in this podcast so far. Uh, some guy out there in the middle of the country named Bud Crawford, and we all seen uh, how he fights and he compensates everything. Yep, yep. There we go. Because I still don't think he beats him like that but or any he, other way. Well, but, can anybody well, support do defense? Supporters defense. A supporters defense. Spence didn't want to fight like that. Porter made him yeah, fight like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. He made him fight that. That's what I was saying. That dude was uncomfortable. That's why he was hitting him with low blows. He did not like the pace of the fight. He was not comfortable in that environment. I don't yeah. think he intended to so, on low blows. I, I don't think he intended yeah, so, to. Man, Porter's short. He jumps inside, head down, everything. He tried to hit him in the body. But the guy's well, I do, and nobody's going to change my mind about it. I feel that way, and nobody's <laughs> going to change it. So, oh, so man, this boy here. What they were saying. Check it out. What they were saying before the fight. What everybody said. <laughs> hey, fine. Look, fucking Spence. What did he say before the fight? Every Everybody says, Port's dirty. You're a dirty fighter. You're a dirty fighter. So Spence did that to put out a message. Be like, hey, I know you're dirty. You want to be dirty? We can be dirty. Exactly. So he's, he's coming out the he gate with that message. I don't think it was that, though. Was, I don't he, think it was that. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. He was that's like, exactly I don't think it was that. Was. I'm not going to let you. He was saying, he was putting out a message. I'm not going to let you be dirty against me. If you want to be dirty, we can be dirty. If you want to fight a different way, we can fight a different way. That's what Spence was doing. Exactly. That's why he did it so Okay, early. I he respect set, your opinion. He was We're all men, but nobody's going to change my mind. That's how I feel. Right, right. And that's it. And that's fine. That's fine, guys. That's fine. Yeah. Simon's like hey, a grade school kid right now, getting upset for no reason. Oh, <laughs> uh, he he he's I know, I'm having fun. This is <laughs> hilarious. He's crazy. Yeah, yeah, nah, crazy. man. But uh, look, man, yeah, so no, I mean, Simon. I, I, now you guys tend to believe that Spence didn't have to was forced to engage that way. I believe Spence is one of them dudes who tells you what he's gonna do, and then he goes to try to do it. Now, what he couldn't do is knock Sean out. But I believe he fought Sean just like that to prove a point, like he proved Mikey's point. I believe he didn't try to knock Mikey out. I believe he came and, and you, told Mikey, I will beat you in every form of boxing. That's my opinion. No one else has to and say And you know that. who else believes that? And you know who else believes that? Uh, Kenny Porter. Kenny Porter said the only thing that he could take out of their only thing that he could take out of his experience with uh, with Earl Spence is that He's going to give it to you like you're trying to give it to him. And he said that he knew that Earl 
Earl Spence was going to fight that kind of fight because that's the kind of fighter that Earl Spence is. If you want to be a dog, he's going to be a dog in there with you. So when, when Sam says when he doesn't think that Earl Spence wanted to fight that kind of fight, I think that that's exactly he, no, what Earl he got Spence dogs. What wanted Don't to do. Don't my words around. He got dogs. But Porter no, no, no. I mean, he wanted to fight that, more dogs. that type of fight. No, okay, so let me ask no you this. Sense, when have you ever you seen... What okay, if that means, was the case, right? if that was the case, explain the low blows and explain the clinches. We've Those are things we've never time. seen in his, fi- in his fight before. And then, and, then, and then this is another thing. I heard, I heard Janelle say, oh, it's because he's short. Well, majority of the fighters that Errol Spence fights are shorter than him. So gotcha. So cut it out with that. The pack of the never seen that many low blows. But not jumping in, bending over like that. He was arching over the whole time, bro. And not to mention his Char- trunks were mad high. As I as I texted you last night, his trunks were fucking high as hell. If the if the his pressure trunks were so egregiously low, he would have got a point deducted, which he didn't. So it's a mute point, really. It's just not, like not necessarily. Uh, That's a lot. Said, right and it's now. like I seen said boxing. at the top of the dude. We've seen. Juan hold on. Hold thing. on. Go ahead, man. Porter. Okay, we've seen a lot of fighters, past and present fight dirty and never get a point taken away in a fight. We know this. So don't act like like every single time you do something illegal in a fight, you get a point taken. Stop it. You just you just made up stuff. Stop it. Come on. You don't have to do that. All right. Well, it's nitpicking nonetheless, man, because it meant nothing overall in the fight. Um, you know, so everybody, I feel like we, we good there, man. I feel like everybody got it out about in my estimation, I, I want to hear what you guys got to say about these guys going forward. Uh, my estimation, I don't know who Errol fights next. I, I like the Danny Garcia fight. I love it, actually. Sean Porter, hey, look, I, I, I will give this to top rank. Hey, Terrence Crawford, do you want a piece of this inventory over here? Here's Sean Porter for you. And that's what Manny Pacquiao did to get Mayweather. Everybody you beat, I'm a beat. See, the problem with this Crawford talk is, motherfucker, you got to beat somebody. Ain't nobody scratching and hollering for this fight but hardcore fans because casuals don't really know about the guy because you're not making no noise in the boxing verse other than hardcores like us. You know why? Because you're not fighting anyone that anyone cares about. I got to say one thing, though. I'm sorry. I got to say one thing, though, Ms. Hey, Spence like a diva last night. Talking about how uh, Crawford can't sell tickets and, and such such, or oh, asked about Crawford. Well, I mean, look, guys, I don't know. There is a thing. He lost I points to me last night. I'm sorry. He lost points last night. We like to disregard business. We love to disregard business for some reason. I don't understand that shit. You know, like we got to take it into consideration, guys. It's a it's one side of the street with all the inventory, and then the other other side of the street, who's like the enemy, has one thing. If the if the shoes yeah, on but, the other but, but, foot, JP, you could not, it, could not ask Bob Arum to go over here and hand the, all the goods to Al Heyman. We wouldn't even be asking Bob Arum to do that. We wouldn't. It's as asinine to even that that Bob Arum would never even think if these roles were reversed to go over there and hand Al Heyman the the the, the fucking torch of the welterweight division. Bob Arum would not do it, and I don't even think people would be asking him to do it. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, Bob Arum holds the rights to the fighter. We all want to see fight Spence. So when that is the case, that is the biggest fight. 
not, there's nothing else to talk about. So they, them, them people, parties, need to yeah, get together. You can and disregard business. Anything else is unacceptable. Well, I'll put it to you like this. After last night's fight, Porter rematch is acceptable to me. Uh, uh, um, Manny like Pacquiao that, man. unification. Like Manny Pacquiao unification is acceptable to me. And a Terrence Crawford fight is acceptable to me. Anything else is a duck to me. Danny Garcia is not like acceptable Danny? to me because Danny is not as big of a fight. Of uh, the, First of all, he doesn't have a belt. So that, to me, that's a step back. When you can make a unification fight with either Pacquiao, Crawford, or do a rematch with the guy that you just did a unification I with, to me, a that's a step back. No, Danny Isn't Danny a mandatory, though? No, Danny's not the mandatory. Danny, and that, that says a lot about Danny. That Danny, Danny stepped in the ring on him, so Danny sees something. You know, he sees shit. He thinks he could capitalize on. He felt he felt within himself he needed to go in the ring and call out Spence and say, "I want to fight you," because Danny's never done that before. And I know what I, I think I know what he sees. He looks at Spence like he's gonna be right there in front of me. I don't gotta chase him around because we know Danny's not a great athlete. He has slow feet, flat-footed, like Spence. And he's like, "All right, you're gonna try to bang with me. I can bang." And he probably feels like he's more durable. He got, I mean, so far in their career, I would say Danny has definitely proven to me he has a better chin than Spence because he's moved up a weight class and he's, he's fought big punchers. And Danny's looking at it like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to take your stuff, but I think I can hurt you. So that's why he wants to fight. But um, Danny Garcia is not acceptable to me. It's, it needs to be those three guys or it's a duck. That's it. Because he doesn't have a belt. It's not a bigger money fight than the mother guys. Uh-huh. So why you take and – then, and then the whole uh, 100 pay-per-views you sold, Crawford, and all that stuff. Last I checked, Danny Garcia has never headlined a pay-per-view, ever. So what are we talking about here? All right, Will. All right. Will, you got any, any thoughts on what they should do next? Yeah, I mean, I'm with Sam. I don't think this Danny Garcia, even though, I mean, it might be a good fight. Um, I don't think he should do that. And what, listening to uh, Earl Spence talk afterwards, he said the fights he wants is he wants the Manny Pacquiao fight or the Crawford fight. Now, you know, uh, Janelle's talking about how he's saying that he won't, that he doesn't sell pay-per-views, and he had and he was talking about that. But what he also said is that it makes it it's not a 50-50 fight anymore. So what he's doing is preparing himself for negotiation talks that this isn't a 50-50 fight. But from what he said on, after the fight, he said that he wants the Manny Pacquiao fight first. That's the fight he wants. And if he can't get that, he wants the Cropper fight. And if he can't, for some reason, they can't negotiate that, then he'll take the Danny Garcia fight. And I, if I was him, I wouldn't take the Danny Garcia fight because when he was calling out Danny Garcia, Danny Garcia told him he needed to have a belt to fight him. I would tell Danny Garcia the same, the same exact thing. So yeah, I don't yeah. you know yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a duck. I don't I don't think Earl Spence is scared to 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 fight Crawford. I think he wants to fight Crawford, and I think he knows he has to fight Crawford. But money, <laughs> money, money is business, and they're trying to get paid. Yeah, and the thing about Earl fighting Mike uh, Pacquiao is going to end up just like him fighting Mikey Garcia. There's going to be some people talking about going into the fight with Manny to possibly do to him like there are people picking Mikey Garcia. And then after Errol makes easy work of him, he will get no credit for the victory. Manny Garcia, 
uh, Manny Pacquiao will all, all of a sudden be 40 years old and an old-ass man who's way too small. That's what's going to happen exactly. That's what happened with Mikey Garcia. Juan Carlos, what do you think about it? Well, Juan Carlos is gone. He's gone. Uh, you got anybody, Janelle? You talking about Manny Pacquiao's fence? Well, look, we we let's get to let's end it up with the last quick conversation. Son, what don't you like about what I'm what I'm doing? About the, the, the business that I'm talking about of the sport. What don't you like? And please cut me dry as possible. Okay, it's like it's like it's like you saying like what you just said. You said like you like the Danny Garcia fight. You should not be liking the Danny Garcia fight. You should be liking Manny Pacquiao, a Porter rematch, or Crawford, and nothing else. You know, Danny Garcia mm-hmm. should not be acceptable to you, business wise okay. or whatever. You know, okay. let's, let's do unifications. Let's make big. If you you talking business now, Danny Garcia is okay. less business than those guys. So, you know what I mean? Like that. That's what I mean. Like, come on, man. Like. Now here's here's why I like Danny Garcia. I, now me personally, I'm throwing everything out the window. I don't care about belts, unifications, nothing. I think Danny Garcia is the most competitive fight for him. Now, barring Terrence Crawford, because I don't think that fight gets done. I think Errol makes easy work of Pacquiao. So to me, Danny Garcia is just a good fight. I don't give a fuck about money, belts, uh, promotional sides, none of that. None of it. I don't care about nobody's belt, nobody's unification, nothing. All I care about is the, who's the best fight for him. See, that's the difference between me and you. You think I'm equating all this stuff, but I'm not. You see, I just think the terrorist fight not getting done next. We all know that. I don't care about seeing Manny Pacquiao and what that means to belts and all that. I don't give a fuck, and I don't care about their money. I think Danny Garcia is a damn good fight with Errol Spence. What you no, I do what too. I have to say no, about yeah, yeah. I agree. I think. Look, I think. I think. Uh, I think Danny would put up a better fight than people realize because Danny can dish it out and he can take it. Point blank. Period. That's that's the reason why he will. And Spence won't. You know, like I said, Spence won't run from him. Yeah. Spence will try to take him out, and Danny will try to take him out. So, and then he's yeah. proven to be very durable. I agree with you on that, but. When he and others start talking about, you know, unif- they want to get all the belts. They want to, they you know, they talk about business. Oh, I'm a pay-per-view star and all this stuff. Well, if that's the case, Danny Garcia would be a step backwards than the three guys I mentioned. And, you know, I, I want somebody to take that belt away from Manny. Oh, great job, you know, great job, old man. You did your thing. You beat Thurman. We got it the whole nine. You need to go go away because we know you're not going to fight Spencer Crawford, so with, or even probably a Porter. So somebody needs to take that belt away from Manny. So why not let it be Spence? If he fights Spence, Spence fights Manny. That ain't no duck. I'm not going to say that's a duck. He's you know that's the biggest money fight. I'm never going to say a guy's ducking when he can make more money in another fight. I would never do that. That's just retarded. But um, with Manny, somebody's got to take it away. So, whether it's Spence, whether it's, uh, you know, to me, I'd rather see Manny versus Danny Garcia. Because if Manny fights Mm. Danny, that means we have a better chance of seeing Spence Crawford next. Because at that point, Spence would have fought Porter, 
which happened last night. He won. Uh, Keith is out for an injury right now, and he's not going to fight him coming out of that. A loss. He beat Mikey already. There's nobody left. So now we see Spence and Crawford next. That's what I'm hoping happens, but last night might have changed everything because I was not expecting Danny Garcia to walk up in the ring. Yep. And uh, I won't close the show because I'm petty. I'm just a petty dude, and they should never let me host. When RC don't show up, y'all going to get me. And I, I talk about the shit that the masses don't like, like how good of a um, turnout it was last night with two black dudes fighting. You know, you know see, that's a narrative we don't like talking about in the, in the boxing verse. But, you know, when RC don't show up, you're going to hear that because I'm doing it. And that happened. Let's last talk night. about it's it. Let's do it. I, it's just sometimes you, you just sometimes I think maybe it's the wording of what you say. It comes off mm-hmm. as you're like basically saying you're trying to almost prevent the best fights from happening because you use reasons that don't make no sense to you. You know, like yeah, I, I, oh, I don't you know, care about guys need to sign like with he, this network or guys need to sign with this promote. Like no, 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 no. The fight could be made if they want to fight. But when it comes to that, hell yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. You want to talk about how yeah. they say. Uh, Abel Sanchez says black fighters ain't entertaining, right? Well, two black fighters mm-hmm. were in the ring last night that headlined the show, and they were really damn entertaining, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is a narrative that's been created. You know, they're talking about Mexican style and all that. Well, so let's say last night was Mexican style, but it was a difference. You see, I wish Juan Carlos stuck around, but he probably duck and smoke. Um they say, you know, the difference between how how the black fighters do a Mexican style, you could say Hagler Hearns, which is known as the one of the greatest three round fights that ever happened, was Mexican style, right? One of the but greatest fights, period. Period. But it's a difference in the, the, the level of the violence and its high speed violent chest. It's not just two doofuses like a third uh you hit me, then I hit you and we'll see which one of us yeah. goes down first. Lock them, sock it's not them, like yeah. it's not like that. It's like high speed, high violence chess, and that's the difference, man. So I don't like these narratives that are created, and we don't got a lot of platforms where these narratives are talked about. You know, all this uh, black fighters can't sell, and they got no support. You know what? The black fan base has been in boxing since boxing started. It don't exist without the black fan base, okay? And um. The pay-per-view king? I got one for the, you. I got one for you, JP. You'll like this one. How about the whole when a black fighter is, um, you know, whooping his opponent he or whatever, or he's doing a little bit of antics in the ring, right? Oh, respect mm-hmm. the sport. Oh, he's arrogant. He's this and that. But then yeah. when it's another fighter, and I'll bring one up specifically, there's a little short guy at 135, very skilled, top five-pound, profound type fighter. Legit guy, not taking nothing away from him. But when he does a lot of the same antics, same stuff in the ring, he's a showman. Yeah, love it, love it, love it, love it. But man, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go spiraling down that lane. Great show though, man. I'm I just, it just felt good as a boxing fan that, you know, like uh, Juan Carlo was saying that this fight was uh, popping up on radars of people who weren't even thinking about the fight last night. So to me, that's great for the sport. That's great for Errol's trajectory. You know, this, like, him not even being in the ring with, like, a a person we consider a cash cow and then to generate this type of buzz, 
this is great, man. This is something that doesn't happen a lot. You know, we don't get a lot of pay-per-view events where, you know, you don't have two notarized fighters in the ring. Sean Porter's just a, you know, a run of the, you know, I want to say run of the mill, but like on the boxing radar, he's not a star. He's not anyone, anyone in the casual uh, universe talks about. And so for this fight to generate this amount of buzz, good for boxing. So Willa, close us down, man. Any closing remarks, whatever anybody has to say. Oh, no, man. Hey, shout out to my boy Joey Spencer. You know, he got the KO uh, early, um, you know, beat up a guy. Hopefully he can get his his um, his career back on track. Um, but, yeah, man, like I said, excellent week, uh, excellent pay-per-view. PBC put on a great pay-per-view, man, one of the best we've had for a while. And uh, I'm glad we got to talk about it this morning. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get more fights, more pay-per-views like this coming up. Good morning. Yeah, hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Want to close with? Say what? We shutting it down, man. That's gonna wrap the show up, man. I want to see if you got anything you want to close up with. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a hell of a um, 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 hell of a show last night. Um, just say, hey, hey, uh, hey uh, keep in mind, man, those are two high level guys in the ring. So it's like, I don't think neither fight should be knocked. Yeah, I mean, anybody in boxing have a problem with even one of those two guys. So hey, um, but yeah, big up to the show. It was good. It was good chiming in uh, on the show today, and. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll do this again uh, Wednesday. Yes, sir, man. Uh, thank everybody for calling in. Simon, Juan Carlo, uh, Janelle D. Appreciate all of y'all, man. We love it how we do it here, man. It's gonna get it's gonna get wild and off the tracks from time to time. But if you fuck with us, that's what you know you're gonna get because it's real boxing talk. It's real boxing talk like that. So um, we hoping RC is okay once again on a Saturday morning. Um, everybody be well. Outsiders Boxing Podcast. We out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.